time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Well, hey there, it's time for another Re-Engineering Your Finances podcast. Walter Storholt here with you alongside Charles Weldy, founder, certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group, serving you throughout the Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. Find us online at cpweldygroup.com. Today, we're going to talk about when guessing at retirement's most important questions goes terribly wrong and the consequences involved in that. But before we dive into it, Charles, thanks for just, you know, sticking your head up among those piles of paper as we record this. We're about two weeks out from tax day, uh, maybe two plus weeks out. But uh, it's coming around the corner, and I know that this is uh, kind of your your last hurrah of a crazy period of the year before you kind of get to go back to normal. So you must be excited to almost be over the finish line. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, a couple more weeks, and we don't really have much left in inventory. We try to coach our clients to come in early. So for the most part, maybe we do about 400, and we've got maybe 300 out the door. So we're in good shape. I'm actually going to Nashville next week for a couple of days. I remember years ago, Walter, I worked for a gentleman who always seemed happy and I couldn't figure out why he was always happy. And then I finally figured it out. He was either coming back from a current vacation or planning his next one. So uh, I'm, you know, spring is here nice and I'm strategy. ready to rock and roll. Yes, that's a great strategy. I love it. Uh, well, enjoy your uh, enjoy your break when it comes, and uh, good luck getting through the last few weeks here. Uh, let's dive into it. So most people, I think, Charles, when trying to plan their retirement, they have to kind of guess about the answers to some really important questions. And unfortunately, I mean, we're going to talk about those questions today and why you need to kind of do a little bit better than just a guess. Um, and, and I'm talking about people who usually go about this whole retirement planning thing on their own. And so what I want to do is kind of propose some of these important questions and then talk about why people sort of guess at these things and then how you approach it a different way, Charles, in your planning process. So the big question of, you know, how much monthly income are you going to need in retirement? Uh, a lot of people need a, a little bit better than just a guess there, right? Well, why is it so detrimental if you're just kind of guessing at that question? Yeah. And, you know, if truth be told, I used to be a culprit too. I used to like kind of guesstimate it for you know some of my clients based upon what they share with me, but there's nothing like really getting down to the nitty gritty. It might take a little extra time, but it's well worth it. I mean, when we look at your general expense categories, Walter, there's like house, housing expense, food, we got healthcare, maybe our transportation, some debt, you know, if you're, if you still have debt, you know, as you get older, but basically, they're the fixed costs, those five that I just mentioned, household, food, health care, auto, and debt. And then you have entertainment, and then you have what? You got like uh, maybe gifting and charity, things of that nature, which is more discretionary. But by and large, um, what I found is that if you take the time, you know, clients take the time to fill out what they're spending, uh, actually, they can maybe give themselves permission to spend more money in retirement. And what I mean by that is, hey, you know, if you're driving a car, chances are when you're in your late 80s, you might not be driving a car anymore. So those costs disappear. Uh, Healthcare, those costs are different than, you know, regular uh, costs that go up by three, four percent a year. Healthcare is going up by six percent plus a year. So it's really good to really spend the time to actually like, um, you know, zero in on your expenses when they're going to end. I mean, you might have a mortgage that has like 12 more years and all of a sudden, like in year 13, you free up X amount of dollars. Uh, so again, just doing that simple exercise of maybe spending an hour, an hour and a half and putting down where your money's going could allow you to have more money in retirement, earlier in retirement when you're healthy and you, you know, you're traveling and later retirement when, Hey, you know what? You know, you, everything's not going up by three, 4% a year. 
there's certain expenses that are eliminated, like mortgages and or car payments and or you know, driving in particular. So does that make sense? Great points. Yeah, all across the board there, Charles. It does make a lot of sense. So monthly income, we know that's one of the most important questions to ask. Got to spend enough time and energy thinking about that one so that you approach it with better than a guest. That'll help you avoid some of those big mistakes for sure. Uh, something else that's important to think about and take a little bit further down the line in terms of just sort of like, you know, taking a stab at it, but actually putting pen to paper a little bit would be how much would you need for major purchases? I think we all probably tend to underestimate what that need is going to be. And that's probably the danger in uh, just kind of guessing at that answer, right? Absolutely. I mean, a year ago, actually a year ago today, uh, we got a new roof put on our house that that was like 18,000. We think we got a pretty good deal. But I think, you know, our house is a modest size house. It's not really too big or too small. But basically, 20, 25,000 for a roof, you know, you got to have that in the budget because roofs don't last forever. Hopefully, this one will last for another 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, Heating and air conditioning, we've had that in our house. We get it serviced. But anyone who has a house and needs like a new unit, I would imagine that's somewhere around 10, 12 grand. Uh, let's just say you have a wedding coming up. You want to make sure you have enough money to pay the band. I mean, that's important. I have three daughters. Two of them are currently married. One of them actually uh, got married about 12 years ago. Her wedding was 30 grand. The other one got married about six years ago. Hers was 40 grand. These weren't like out of the ballpark weddings. They were like normal weddings, like with maybe about 180, 200 people there. Today, I don't know, maybe 50 grand's the budget, but you got to have something in the, you know, some type of figure that's accurate in order to do your, you know, planning in retirement. And a new car, I, I, you know, I still have the car I bought 11 years ago. It cost 38 grand 11 years ago. It was a hell of a car. It's still a great car. It's got 140,000 miles on it. And, you know, that was like big dollars back then. Today, 38,000 is probably the average vehicle, you know, the average cost of a new vehicle. So, uh, and again, like when people retire, is this your last car? Are you going to get two more cars, perhaps three? So these are things that, you know, you need to at least uh, have an idea of like, hey, what it's going to cost and where you're going to get the money from. And, uh, you know, if, the, if you don't need a new roof for another like, you know, five, seven, 10 years, yeah, maybe you can invest that a little bit more aggressively. But generally speaking, like, you know, these things come up unexpectedly and you're probably going to have to have an emergency fund that's adequately stacked for things of this nature. That makes a lot of sense, Charles. And yeah, those big impact, those big costs, those big ticket items. There's another one that we didn't talk about. Uh, We're going to give it its own category coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Before we get to that one, this has been on everybody's mind lately, Charles. I don't know how much this is going to be in the news going forward. Is this something that's going to be with us for years to come, or will this be just a big short-term issue? I don't know. But how much impact will inflation have on your portfolio, on your retirement, on your lifestyle. This was a question not a whole lot of people were worried about, Charles, for many, many years. And now it's like top of everybody's mind, right? It is. I mean, you just look at the food prices, the gas prices here in like the Philadelphia area. About a year ago, they were a little under $3 a gallon. Now they're like about $4.49, $4.50 a gallon. And I've read in California, they're over $6 a gallon. So these are like basic expenses that most of us incur. And if we don't drive, you know, the food's delivered via truck, generally speaking. So prices are going to go up all around the table, so to speak. So uh, my big thing about inflation is that, you know, we need to, you know, create, you know, a rising income to cover rising expenses. I mean, uh, you know, things aren't going down in price. They're all going up. Cable bills go up. 
dental bills go up. Uh, you know, uh, we talked earlier about food and gas, and they're going up maybe like a little more so than normal because of this, uh, you know, occurrence of like what's happening overseas. But by and large, uh, you know, I guess my solution for that is, look, you know, let's, um, let's really look at our investment nest egg. And let's be realistic about, hey, what do we need to put in that emergency fund to make sure that money's there when we need it? What do we need to put in that like middle bucket, that soon bucket to give us that, you know, income that we need to supplement our pension and or social security income during our retirement years? And then if we get those two figures right, we don't understate or overstate them. It gives us permission to put the remaining monies in that later bucket. And generally speaking, like, you know, they can be invested for the long term. Maybe stocks, you know, are probably the better investment for most people for a 10 year plus time horizon. And, you know, that will, if history's any God, give us the inflation hedge we need to cover, you know, uh, maybe 25, 30 years of rising expenses. Uh, we perhaps can create a rising income to cover those rising expenses using that particular, um, Insight, you know, want uh, cash, you know, emergency fund, just enough, not too much. The income gap, the soon bucket, hey, you know, what do we need to fund the next 10 years of retirement where it's there pretty much guaranteed? And then lastly, the remaining money, the inflation hedge money in the later bucket to maybe cover rising costs that will certainly occur during our lifetime. All right. I mentioned it a few minutes ago, Charles, so let's get into it. The uh, final question to cover on today's show, but this is a big one. It's another one of those big expenses. This one's spread out a little bit more, though, not all in just you know one fell swoop, at least typically. And we've got to talk about health care costs and how much is that going to be throughout your retirement for you and your spouse. Um, got to consider kind of both parties there. And when you start looking at the numbers, oof, can get pretty astronomical to start trying to to plan that out. And if you guess a little bit wrong on this category, that could have a major impact in the negative direction on your plan. Absolutely. I mean, um, I, I have to say this, like I've been pretty much self-employed all my career, Walter, and I've paid for health care costs for not only myself and my spouse and my family, but also for my employees. And, um, you know, when I hit 65 not too long ago, all of a sudden, my monthly costs were cut in half. I was spending maybe an average of uh, twelve to fifteen hundred a month per person on um, healthcare costs. Where now it's more like six to seven fifty a month, which to me is a big bargain. But for people that work for an employer all their lives, all their careers, and now they're suddenly retired and they have to pay their own health insurance and you know medical costs, it can be a, a real eye opener. So I would say that by and large, most people, if they budget currently like six to seven fifty a month, assuming like, hey, they don't have any like real major like drug cost. I mean, that's like kind of like the, um, you know, the uh, leak in the dike, so to speak. Um, you know, drugs are very expensive. And if you don't have the right drug program or you're on certain drugs that, you know, you incur a lot of out-of-pocket costs, it could be really a game changer. So um, what we do in our budgets for clients is we factor maybe a 6% annual increase in all their medical costs. And, um, you know, that's just like health insurance, doctor visits, uh, prescription drugs. But I guess the leak in the dike for just about everyone is like long-term care. Hey, what happens if uh, you need to uh, go into a, an assistant living or a long-term care facility? Uh, do you have the money for that? And if so, where is it located? And for most people, 
I find that everybody wants long-term care, but nobody really wants to pay for it. And that's a problem. But recently, when I say recently, probably in the last like five to you know eight years, they've come out with these hybrid life insurance policies. And you know, I think they're a pretty good uh, opportunity for people to look at. And again, you know, it really depends on your health. I mean, uh, it's life insurance, but a lot of these policies have what they call a long-term care rider. So I'll give you an example. Let's just say that you got a $300,000 permanent policy. And let's just say, for example, it cost you, uh, let's just say, $100,000 over five years, $20,000 a year to fund it. So now you've got a $300,000 death benefit. You have $100,000 know, cash value. Just let, Let's assume the whole $100,000 grew and after the expenses remains to be $100,000. Well, basically, if you ever needed long-term care, Walter, they would take 2% of the $300,000 death benefit, which is $6,000 a month, and they would pay you that for up to four years, 48 months. So again, you know, uh, this is something that is a good tool for most people who have, you know, X amount of dollars and they just want to really maybe reallocate some of that money to take care of a potential long-term care issue. And again, like I'm just using a $300,000 death benefit. Someone who, you know, might not have any pension or very little social security, maybe they have a $500,000 death benefit. 2% of 500,000 gets them 10,000 a month. But again, these things are out there. And, um, you know, healthcare costs is really the trump card for all of us. You know, some, and I, I, always, I often wondered, and I'll be candid with you, like, uh, I, I have people that have like two, $3 million of, you know, investable assets, and some of them are still concerned about running out of money. And I never could figure out why. And now I know why, because, you know, people didn't work all their lives and save money to give it to the, you know, the, the government and or the nursing home facility. They saved it so that they can enjoy it and maybe cover some of their, um, and some of their, uh, you know, uh, legacy plans or, or legacy goals in the future. So um, healthcare costs is really the trump card for all of us. I think we need to budget, you know, six to seven fifty a month per person if you're, you know, decent health. And if you have, um, you know, some some issues where you're paying, you know, for some drug costs that are over and above that, you know, factor that in. But, you know, use a 6% inflation rate of return. I think historically it's been that or a little north of that. And uh, really look into the possibility of like looking at long-term care and how can you maybe reallocate some of your existing investments to leverage and provide a long-term care benefit if need be. Great points across the board, Charles. Thanks for walking us through these important questions. If you are listening to today's show and you don't have solid answers for these four important central questions, you've just been kind of guessing at these needs. Again, those four questions are how much money, uh, monthly income are you going to need? How much will you need? For major purchases in retirement, how much impact is inflation going to have on your plan, and how much will healthcare cost you in the long run? All really important questions that you need to have answers to better than just guesses. And so if you are in that category where you're just sort of guessing at those items, well, pick up the phone, give Charles a call, get on the calendar to have a review of your financial plan and get on the right track. 610-388-7705 is the number. That's 610-388-7705. Or you can go to cpweldygroup.com, cpweldygroup.com. Find contact information and more there on the website. And get in touch with Charles and set up that time to visit and uh, go over some of these really, really important elements. Somehow, we didn't even talk about taxes 
other than at the very beginning, chit-chatting about <laughs> tax filing, Charles. But I'm sure we could throw in a fifth question if we wanted to about taxes here. But we'll, we'll let it we'll let it stand without a big tax breakdown on today's show. I know you, your head needs a little break from it. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Walter. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> well, hey, we'll look forward to chatting with you again soon. Come back and join us for another episode here on Reengineering Your Finances. Until then, for Charles, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.